Welcome to Out on the Front Lines. My name is Lester Green and I am your host. We are sponsored by the MJO Network and we are now on Roku TV. How you doing everybody? Convicted vegan here. Went for a nice walk today. My New Year's resolution was to make time for myself. Get out, walk, meditate. Go to the gym just about every day. So while I was walking, I was reflecting. And every time I've ever told anybody on an interview, DM me, I'll get back to you if you need help for anything. I have. That's my word. Nobody out there can say I haven't kept my word. In the world I come from, your word is everything. Anthony Bucci, welcome to Out on the Front Lines. It is a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me, Lester. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I, listen, when I reached out to you, I didn't even think you would write me back because I feel like you're a superstar. That's just my opinion. And I feel like your story is so incredible. So I was thinking to myself, he's probably going to be like, who is this guy trying to interview me? So I appreciate your being just so down to earth and humble. Thank you. I need more guys like you thinking that then. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Because yeah. I feel like in this industry, a lot of times people will make promises and then not deliver them. I remember you sent me a text message saying, Lester, I'm a man of my word. Can you talk to us about that and how important it is to just be about what you say? First of all, I want to say something. You just totally blew my mind because today I took a walk. You know, it was really cold out. I did some meditating because I said I was going to concentrate on myself a couple hours a day because I've been running so ragged right. with, the, you know, the movie, trying to get a movie deal and all that and taking care of my mom, you know, re rebuilding relationships with the kids and all that, that I was thinking the exact thing you just said, and I, I'm posting it on Instagram any second right now. My buddy's doing it about how people don't out here. It seems like to me, the word is everything. Yes. But a lot of people, you know, they don't, people don't do it on purpose, but they don't take the word as strongly as they should. Yeah. And, and, and I just left that message. It's going on Instagram right now, at the convicted <laughs> vegan. <laughs> so wait, so you have a friend who posts for you? I always thought that you posted your own stuff because I love what you're doing. You have I these do. personal videos. Oh, okay. I do, but because I told you I would do this interview, I asked my buddy, hey, can you do oh, me a favor? And he's doing it for me. Oh, that's nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I got to ask you, how do you go about putting together a video on Instagram? Because you're always so positive and upbeat. Do you just go off of impulse or do you plan it out structurally? I go out of impulse. Whatever's on my mind, I shoot from the hip and I just, you know, kick it with you guys and tell you from the heart how I feel about certain things. And I'm positive because I I'm all about positivity. Yeah, I believe that if the universe has feels your negativity, yeah. you aren't going to get rewarded in any way. Yeah, and if you love yourself, you'll come off to people as being positive. I love that. Okay, speaking of one of your videos, right? You posted yeah. a video about tough guys. Let's talk about tough guys. Tough guys are those guys that are there for their family. Can you talk to us about the definition of what a tough guy is and? the importance of being a real tough guy? Well, the definition, Anthony, 10, 15 years ago, a tough guy was a guy who was, you know, could fight, use a weapon, um, uh, making money, selling drugs, you know, out of control, 
you know, just always there while with his friends and, you know, putting the family last. It, it did, because like I said in the videos, if you watch them, I was raised that if you put money on the table, you, you know, you, you bought the groceries, you had your family in nice clothes, a nice roof over the head, you were a tough guy. Mm-hmm. Now, and with all that time to reflect while I was away, I realized, that, like I said, the real tough guy is that guy that sits down and does homework with their kids. The real tough guy is that guy that goes to work every day, you know, busts his ass and makes it, you know, honest living and doesn't put himself in harm's way. You know, don't get me wrong. I got a lot of friends, you know, that probably, um, you know, don't feel like that. And I don't judge anybody and I love them and I always will. And they respect the fact that I've changed. So to me, this is just me. A tough guy is that guy that's there for his kid to listen to, to hold when they get, wake up in the middle of the night, to be there for his wife, girlfriend, mother, brothers, sisters. You know what I mean? That's a real tough guy. Because, wow. you know, because we get lost in this world. And a lot of people aren't doing it on purpose. Like me, I wasn't doing it on purpose. It was just the way I was brought up in my prior definition of a tough guy and that's how i lived and this is how i'm living now i love that so speaking of your mother you mentioned your mother can you talk to us about that relationship and the the special connection that you have with her because i i'm a mama's boy i'm the youngest son and i would do anything for my mom and she recently passed away with diabetes so i miss those days of just being able to spend time with her or just being able to have a conversation with her can you just so I'm sorry to hear that. First of all, Thank I'm you. sorry to hear about you, mom. Thank you. My mother, since birth, has always had my back. I came from a mentally and physically abusive household. My father was a heavy drinker. He worked in a nightclub. When I was four, four and a half, five years old, my mother had enough. She took us out of the Avia State Police Escort. She had the courage. We moved to my uncle's house. We slept on floors. She worked three jobs. I ran the streets really young because she was always at work, but she was working her ass off to put us in an apartment. And then she worked three jobs to put us in a house. So growing up, you know, I was a product of the streets of, of, my, of my environment. And it just so happens I had a cousin. He was a wise guy. You know, he had me, I was doing super things at young ages because and that's how I was brought up. But getting back to my mother, she's always been my rock. She's always had my back. When I was away for 15 years, no matter where I was, 500 miles away in Pennsylvania, New York, wherever I was, she visited me every month. I love Every that. month. She sent me, when I got in trouble, I got in trouble a lot, and I went to solitary confinement alone a lot. Every day I got a letter. Wow. She, she bought me the newspaper, had it sent there. She bought me magazines. She knew the drill. <laughs> you know what I mean? That is she, amazing, really. And no matter how much bullshit I put her through, it's part of my oh, French. She's always there for me, never gave up on me. Every day of trial, she almost got a contempt charge at my trial because wow. a witness was on the stand lying and she called him out and yelled at him in the courtroom from the jurors and everything. And the judge stopped at the uh, proceedings, dismissed the jurors and said, if she has one more outburst, I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be in, in a cell while they have the trial and she won't be allowed in the courtroom. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's real love. That's... Yeah, she- that's She's the real gangster. See, that's just what I'm talking exactly. about. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So I, I'm just curious, how does your mother feel about your new endeavors? So you, you got this book out, Infinity Crew, right? 
and then you're working on these movie deals and how does she feel about that world because that's a different world right was it yeah. easy for you to sort of transition into that well it's been, you know, I had a harder, no matter what I've done in life, I've always tried to do it, you know, to the best of my ability. So the transition is hard because it's not the same amount of money. Like I, when I got arrested, I had a 5,000 square foot house. I own five other properties. I lost everything. So now I'm coming out, I'm living a thousand square foot condo. It's not handicap accessible, but we're, you know, I'm working hard and hopefully I'll get into the right air and somebody will give me a chance and, you know, I'm sure because I'm very confident in my writing ability that it's going to take off. It's just a matter of time when somebody acts first because they're going to be very happy and pleased with where this thing is going to go because I have big plans and big achievements in mind. So as far as my mother goes, she's very proud. She sees me work at night, day. She sees like when I was writing before I got in office, I was writing to four or five in the morning because I didn't want to interrupt my mom because oh. my mother is can't hear she's handicapped she's in the wheelchair so she and she, she watches the tv very loud so i would plan my writing around her and do all my other chores during the day and stay up late and so i'd only get three or four hours a night and she yeah. tried to be as quiet as she can for me in the morning but you know it's not easy being in a wheelchair and you know having somebody serving her breakfast and giving her a bath when you're in such a tight confined place so yeah she's very to answer your question she's really really proud she loves a new me she's happy i've changed no matter what she's always had my back but now she's like proud proud yeah so that makes me happy yeah so speaking of proud you must be pretty proud of yourself didn't the new york times reach out to you recently regarding something can you share that incredible i got a, I got a letter a couple weeks ago the new york times wanted my book i had to send it there and uh, they're doing a book review wow that's incredible. It's, it doesn't get any bigger than that. You know that, right? That's a huge accomplishment. Congratulations on that. And you know, the crazy thing is, I think since I turned up my frequency and I've had the self-love, it's like the universe is like rewarding me. It, it's just like, it, if you don't love yourself, how can anybody else? How can the universe? How can, you know, us talk and vibe? You know what I mean? I can see you're a very confident guy. You know, you give off positive energy. But if, I, if you were like this negative guy I was talking to, wouldn't be an interesting conversation. I wouldn't get into it. Like, like right now, I'm enjoying myself. Oh, so, and, so, and two days ago, I just posted on self-love. And that's, I think, the key to everybody's success. Because without it, if, you can't, if, you don't, if people don't feel you love yourself, mm. then how can anybody else love you, for real? Wow. I feel like we were destined to connect because I have a book out called Act Like You Love Yourself. So I'm always, really? yeah, I'm always stressed in love and I'm going to get your book, of course, but I'm always stressed in love and the importance of just accepting yourself for who you are, flaws and everything. So I think wow. we, we think along the same wavelength. So, yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. It's not like we talked about any of this. So this I know, cool. I know it's just, it's just flowing, but I it, wanted to ask you about your writing process because I'm a writer. I went to school for journalism. What's your process like? How do you write? Do you have to be in a quiet area? Do you have to have a special tea that you drink? Do you have to write only at night? You said your mom is up during the day, so you don't want to bother her. What's your process like? Walk us through your process and, and what you do. I keep a notebook and pen on me. And if I'm just walking down the street and I remember something from years ago, something triggers me, I'm writing it down. If I'm watching a show and I see something that I like, you know what I mean? And, and, and it triggers a memory. 
bang, I'm writing it. If I have a dream in the middle of the night, I'll get up and write it. So that's how, I mean, I come up with crazy ideas. Like when you read my book, you'll see it has all kinds of twists and turns. They say it's a cross between the town and Ocean's Eleven. Oh, I love Ocean's Eleven. George Clooney, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Did you see it? So, yeah, I've seen it. And they used to let us watch one movie a week in prison. So I've seen a lot of them. Oh, got you. <laughs> got yeah. you, got you. Okay, so speaking of movies, what is your favorite movie? What movie could you watch nonstop over and over again? Mine is Goodfellas. I love Goodfellas, but I also love The Notebook. Oh, The Notebook? Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, didn't, I wouldn't have guessed that. Why? Because it's just unconditional love, and I'm all about love now, so I've watched it like three times. You know what I mean? It, it's wow. just like, wow, this is like, and it doesn't matter for a woman. It could be your mother, you know, your kids. It's just like two people having such a strong bond that you know they never let go yeah you know what i like about you anthony you have a great presence on social media a lot of times people are always fighting against the times but it seems like you've embraced it you're posting videos i saw a TikTok video of you talking in spanish and i said i'm not watch and learn something you didn't know about the convicted vegan Buenos noches, mi amigos. Estoy escribiendo mi guian. I'm not even on TikTok. Talk to me <laughs> about the importance of being on social media. Well, I'm just learning. I'm green as the grass, bro. Really? Yeah. I'm just, I'm winging it. I'm just learning myself. My, like, I have kids and they show me little things and other people, and I'm just picking up on it now. Like, I just started Instagram a couple months ago. Like, wow. real, like posting. Yeah. Yeah. And I only have 300 and some followers now, and I need more because to get a movie deal, they like they want you to have a strong social media presence. Yeah. So that's what I'm working on now. But you know, I'm learning. I'm I'm really not that good, actually. I need help. <laughs> wow. I didn't, I, you could have fooled me because I was just talking to this woman named Mariah Gerito. She has her own network on Roku TV. I was telling you about Roku TV, and she's looking for new content. So I told her I was going to be interviewing you. And I told her, you need to check out his videos on Instagram. They're short, but powerful. And I feel like he can just take those videos, maybe make them a little longer, and then just put his own show on the MGO network. And she said, wow, you think he'd be interested? I said, I don't know, I'll ask him. But again, your videos are so captivating. You don't even realize it because you keep it simple, but it's so easy to follow, if that makes any sense. So that's what I like about your videos. Some people will post 30, 40 minute videos of them just talking about random stuff and it doesn't make sense and it's it's just not interesting. But you'll post these little 30 second clips and I'm like, wow, that was really deep. And it makes me want to watch more. So was that something that you planned or is it just happening that way? Just happening that day. I'm just going with the flow. I'm saying what I feel. The, the one kid who helped me, you know, told me you know, how to do it, do his videos and stuff. He said, just be yourself, be personable. And today, my daughter, you know, came by for lunch and she said, Dad, I like your videos, but you need to be a little bit, she was telling me the opposite. I need to, well, be more of myself and uh, like I'm, I'm kind of being reserved in the videos. Like I'm talking, she says, I'm talking a little slower than I usually do. So I'm going to up the pace, I guess, because, you know, these the kids know. Mm, but uh interesting i like it i like it I, maybe it's because she knows you and i don't yeah. really know you that no, well but 
She didn't mean the content. She means the pace of my speech. Oh, the, oh, the pay. Okay, yeah. Okay, I get it. I get it. Okay. I thought she meant the content. Okay. So let, let's talk about your family, your daughter, and your kids. So what kind of connection do you have with them now? Are you Do you see them on a regular basis? Are they helping you write your screenplay? Are they giving you suggestions and ideas? Is it a collaborative effort or what? Well, here's the thing. When I was away, I let them down. I went away for 41 months the first time, and it wasn't enough for me. The second time, I was only on the street for three and a half years. I got 21 years. So I wasn't really there for them, as I, you know, as you know, and that's one of my biggest things when I talk about, when I reflect upon, and I talk about being a better person. Father there for them. When I say that, I, I'm talking about my kids also. So not just, you know, giving the message to other people. It's for me. It's resonating in me. That I wasn't there. I wasn't, you know, basically a good father like I should have been, even though I thought I was because I provided. So since I've gotten out, we're working at it. Every day, we're working at it. Like today, my daughter came by. We had lunch. We talked for a couple hours. I'm proud of my kids. They're great kids. Their mother did an unbelievable job with them. I have a daughter, 33 years old. She's in Chicago. Her name is Selena, great kid, good job, married a great guy. My second daughter is Tama. She's 32. She's a state trooper. Wow. I'm so proud of her. Yeah, yeah. She's doing the right thing. She's like good kid. We just had lunch today. She was over. We're rebuilding our relationship. It's been rocky, you know, because I wasn't in their lives. My, uh, I have a 29-year-old daughter, Carissa. She's about to be married. She has a child, uh, my grandson, Landon. She's a great kid. She has a great guy. His name is Brian. So, you know, everything wow. is going great. You know, yeah. what's all, but it's one day at a time because you can't rebuild 15 plus 41, you know, 18, 19 years in one year. So they're watching me and they're watching what I do. They all have lives. They give me their input, but I'm mostly doing this on my own, you know. Yeah. They, but they give me solid advice. You know, my son, Dante, great, great kid. He's 19. We're getting along great. I see him all the time. We'll be going out to dinner again this week. We try to make one day at least a week, you know, for the kids and talking. I talk to them all the time. Dante's going to school to be a mechanic. You know, that's a great profession. I told him when he gets done, hopefully I'll be taken off and we'll get him a little shop. And, you know, he can help, help everybody around us and, you know, put a good, some good money in his pocket. And that way, you know, for his future. Yeah. So as far as my kids go, everything's great. Yeah, it feels like, I don't know if you're a huge fan of reality TV, but I can almost see your life on the TV screen, <laughs> right? You ever thought about that? That would be awesome. I would watch that show. I, I would really? love to know more about you and your kids and you train dogs, all these different things about you that people might not see on the surface. But, but let's go there. So you train dogs. How did that come about? And what is it about training dogs that you love so much? Okay, when I had a spiritual awakening in prison, one of the first things I did when I actually, I wanted to change as a person. So I did a 180 and I started trying to do good things, give, giving back to society and you know other human beings. So when I got out of solitary confinement, I had a spiritual awakening in solitary. I volunteered and took care of sick and terminally ill inmates. And I educated myself. I took over 50 
classes that the uh, prison offered and college correspondence courses. So when I was at a prison in Pennsylvania, I was doing so good, you know, taking care of people for the, you know, but I just did it out of the goodness of my heart at the time that the warden came to my cell and he's like, listen, we really appreciate everything you're doing here. When you become camp eligible, because I was working my way down levels from good behavior, he goes, let me know where you want to go. I'll help you out. So I was like, really? That's great. So I wanted to get close to my mother. I was 500 miles away in Pennsylvania. So when I became camp eligible, that's the lowest level of security in the federal prison system. I went to him and I said, hey, warden, I saw him at lunch and I said, remember you said that to me? He goes, I've been waiting for you to come with, come to me. Two months ago, you became camp eligible. And I was like, yeah, but I want to continue to take care of this guy till he left. Wow. He goes, wow. So he was impressed. He goes, where do you want to go? I said, I want to be close to my mom up in Fort Devens. And they got a dog training program. Three days later, I got called to my case manager's uh, office. And he says to me, you're designated. You're going to uh, Fort Devens in Massachusetts. So that's how I got there. And the reason I wanted to go is to be close to my mother. Plus, they had a dog program. I've always loved dogs. I've always had dogs my whole life. So I went up there to take care of the dogs. And the crazy thing is I did it before my mother had the stroke. And I was training dogs for handicapped people. And then she had the stroke. Wow. So I did it. You know what I mean? It was just, the way it turned out was crazy. Hey, it was perfect. Yeah, it worked out. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a video of you training Sophie. Is that the name of the Sophie, dog? Sophie, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. The dog is, is afraid of lampshades or something like that. He's very uh, afraid of a lot of things. He's timid. He's very oh, timid. timid. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? I, something must have happened to him in his past before the, the kid who has it now has him. Because yeah. he's really afraid of different things. But the kid now who has him is J.P. Norton. He was in the uh, marathon bombing. He was a survivor. He lost a leg. Great, great guy. Strong guy. You know what I mean? His whole life changed that day. So his mother sat next to me in homeroom. So she was watching my videos, Liz. And she, she contacted me on social media. And she wanted to hire me. I said, no, nah, I'll, I'll come there and just do it. You know. So I'm training the dog for J.P., we got a special bond now, too. I really love this kid. The dog is amazing. The mother's my friend again. I haven't seen her in years and years. She sat next to me like homeroom, like I said. So everything happens for a reason. So I'm trying to give back any way I can. And I always tell people, direct message me if anybody, you know, and some people have. So, and I'm going to be starting doing some life coaching on a volunteer basis also with a, with a woman starting this week. That is awesome. It's almost like, you're the dog whisperer. You ever watch that show, The Dog Whisperer? I was calling myself that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, I feel like, Anthony, you could turn that into a profession. It's a, you got some... I'm starting to think you're psychic, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what? Because I'm always just putting out ideas and creating my own content. So I'm always looking for ways to do things, especially now with the whole COVID-19 thing. But I feel like... That's why I'm saying your story is so interesting. You have so many different layers that people get a lot fascinating. The girl Liz has been getting a lot of messages from people saying they want me to train their dogs. So wow. we were talking about it, but I'm not, I have to look into it because I'm not certified. Uh -huh. I did it, but I didn't have 2000 hours in. So yeah, I'm, I got to check the laws on it. But right. I, my main focus right now is getting a movie and series deal and, I'm on my, I started the second, the sequel to my book, 
take my mother and kids are actually, you know, the first priority. But after that, you know, I got my hands full. There's not enough hours in the I day. Know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what's your, what's the second book called? I haven't, I haven't, I, I was thinking one love, but I don't know for those who love back, love. But, mm. but I don't know. I just, I'm, and I haven't come up with a infinity okay. crew, you know, infinity crew two, one love. Mm, yeah. Yeah, you but said, I don't know. Yeah, you said that there are not enough days, right? Hours in the day, hours, yeah. Yeah, enough hours in the day. I saw you post a video on Christmas Day where you were working. Yeah, Christmas. No, New Year's Eve day. Oh, New, New Year's Day at night. I'll ask you maybe two more questions. So what's your goal moving into 2021? I know you, you want to get your script picked up and you want to create a series and everything like that. But outside of entertainment and the industry what what's that one thing that would just make you smile to be honest with you taking good care of my mom having a great relationship with my kids and giving back to others that are in that place i was i was in a dark place so long darkness is all i knew so anybody that needs help i want to help wow i love I mean, that yeah i just i'm just amazed at how giving you are were you always like that, though? Because I feel like sometimes it takes time to get to that point where you want to always help people. Or did, or did you always have that in you? Because you seem like such a good-natured person. The thing is, we, I was just talking about my daughter and my mother about this earlier. And we were talking, and my mother was saying, your father's such a gentle guy. He, you know, for, he has that rough exterior and all that, but he's really gentle. He's been gentle his whole life. And I was telling my daughter, like I'm going to tell you right now, when I was doing things like dirt, like selling drugs and things I shouldn't have been doing, to cleanse my soul, I felt like I was like Robin Hood. Wherever I would go and I would see somebody that didn't have, like I was telling my daughter, I was at the laundromat once and this older couple was near Christmas and they were dressed in shabby clothes and they didn't have enough to do that second load of laundry. And I walked over to them and I was with a friend of mine and I was like, here you go, guys. I know she didn't have the money. I gave them each $100 bill. And they would have thought I was God, the way they were treating me. But I was a drug dealer, and I was cleansing my soul. You understand? The difference, like, I did a lot of good things, and I was a good person deep down inside. But I also funded those good things through dirty money. You know what I mean? Buying people everywhere I went. Little kids, $20, $100. Anybody that needed help, the guy on on the you know they wait they walk up and down the street at red lights with homeless i was giving them a hundred dollar bill not a dollar not a five hundred so i i i was making myself think i was a good person i know what you mean yeah wow so now i'm doing it the right way through hard work dedication and helping people correctly from the heart not from the guilty mind yeah see the difference yeah i do see the difference anthony you ever thought about taking your act on tour and what i mean by that is speaking to people going to prison cells or going to juvenile detention centers going to schools just doing more public speaking because i think you have a gift for that you have a way of just connecting with people and i think people will listen to you because you've been there and back is that oh. something that you would ever consider doing Absolutely. I'm waiting for this COVID to get over. I was asked actually when I got out to go speak at a uh, prison reform rally okay. and I was going to do it, but I, I was only out for like a month 
And I was on a curfew. My whole first year out of prison, I was on a curfew. I had to prove myself to the court, too. Oh, they had special restrictions on me. They didn't trust me. You know, they thought I was still that crazy guy, I guess. But yeah. I proved that, and they gave me two years of curfew. They let me off in one because I did so well. My probation officer seen my progress. He sent the judge, you know, my book, wow. uh, life coaching, how I'm taking care of my mom, you know, all that stuff. And the judge took it into consideration and cut me loose a year early. But yes, I would love to do some public speaking, motivational speaking yeah, you, when the time is right. Yeah. I like yeah. to help people. That's my thing. That's my niche. Yeah. And then also you should probably try to get a publicist because I know for a fact that people will book you once they meet you and they have a phone conversation with you. Oh, yes. We want him to come speak. Oh, yes. He would be perfect. So that would be something else to look into getting a publicist or maybe you already have one. I don't know. Do you already? No, have I don't. No, because I, I know a publicist out here in Atlanta. Her name is Janelle Forbes, and she's incredible. I, I'm always recommending her, and I don't really know how it works with publicists working across state. I guess it can work, but I can always share information with you, and maybe you can talk to her, and maybe she knows somebody in Boston. Right, you're in Boston, right? I'm in Boston. Yeah, yeah that would maybe, be great. Yeah, I'll send you her information. Maybe she can connect you with somebody who's in new york somebody who's closer and you never know so i'll do that because i definitely think you need to share your story with the world so where, yeah where can people get your book infinity crew infinity crew is available at amazon.com and 70 other selling platforms bonds and nobles and all kinds of high-end places online okay great yeah i'll definitely get the book so anthony bucci thank you so much for being a guest on out on the front lines it was a pleasure talking to you i really enjoy just listening to you talk you, you're very smart and and wise so thank you for being here me too i had a great time thanks for having me and i just want to give ask anybody listening i could use social media followers at instagram i'm at the convicted vegan all one word i'd appreciate it I'm trying to build up you know i'm humbling myself and at, you know i'd be honored to have you guys as my followers and I'll follow back. Thank you. Yeah. And, and with that being said, you should also, I know I'm throwing out a lot of stuff, but maybe even get an intern who might be able to come on board because interns are working for free. I don't know if you're aware of that, but sometimes no. they have to do an internship for their school or for their program. So they'll come on board, help you with your social media. And who knows, maybe they can get you those followers so you can focus on writing your screenplay and getting your television deal. Because that's what I'm wow. looking to do. I'm looking to get an intern to help me run my show out on the front lines. So that's another thing you should look into getting. And I was going to say, how do you, like, what do you do? Reach out to colleges? Oh, yeah. Uh, colleges, yeah, absolutely. Start there. Universities. A lot of kids would love to help you with your stuff because they get credit for their program or for their, their, whatever they're studying in school. So I think you should definitely look to get at least one intern who can help you do all that stuff because they know technology. They know exactly how to post things and word things and tag this and tag that. So looking to get in one of those. You're a smart guy. And I know for a fact, these kids, they will gravitate towards you because you, your story is incredible. You have a great energy. And so I know it won't be hard for somebody to say, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll help you. I'll, I'll work with you. And, and then, you guys can just go from there. But again, 
kudos to you on everything that you're doing. I love your spirit. Keep up the great work. Hopefully I can work with you on something in the future because yeah. I really want to work with you. Absolutely. We got good energy. Yeah, definitely. We're sending, energy. We're sending that energy out to the universe. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so I'll let you go. Stay safe out there. Again, thank you for being here on Out on the Front Lines. And you stay safe too and stay convicted. All right. <laughs> vegan. I like it. All, All right. right. For my spiritual awakening in 2009, compassion was not my strength. I was under the belief system of survival of the fittest. If somebody crosses, you just strike. No questions asked, politic later. And look at me. Nobody gets this pretty with 250 street fights if you're not any good. And there you have it. Thank you for watching Out on the Front Lines. Brought to you by the MJO Network on Roku TV. Thank you to all the supporters. Again, we're looking for sponsors. Stay safe. Stay productive. Stay creative. Out on the front lines. My name is Les. Signing out. And I am a bus driver. So I think driving a bus is just something that is very fulfilling. People are depending on me. When they get to their destination and they come up to me and they thank me for getting them to their job safely, it makes me feel good. I, I feel like I'm doing something positive in the community. Driving the bus around, you see so many different things and you hear so many different stories and it just really inspires me. I actually created a screenplay where I talk about my life experiences as a bus driver. So I think no matter what your job is, you need to find that sense of purpose. You need to find out why you're getting up every day to do what you do. And I do it because I love helping people at the end of the day.